So we want to celebrate, as I say, God's faithfulness today. And um, we've been looking at the Influence series over the last term, and this is our kind of um, session where we're going to wrap that up today. Um, and we're going to look at three sections in the service this morning. Um, so those sections will be, uh, the first section will be looking at uh, the Jesus film and an invitation to invite people to come and watch the Jesus film on YouTube. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Section two will be around racial justice and myself, Claudine and Sharon will be speaking into that. And the third section will be faith, about faith and politics. Um, and uh, we'll be just sharing some of the thoughts we've had around that um, and, and praying. And after each section, somebody will pray but also after that, we will have a chance where Neil leads us in worship to just consider what God is saying to us and speaking to us. Um, and uh, that it's, you know, that'll be a chance hopefully to respond with all these sections. Um, you know, these are opportunities for you to get involved in kind of, you know, what Jesus is doing, what God is doing in this world. But it might be that that God is calling you to something specific. And if that's the case, we'll be we'll be at the end. I'll pray for all of us, really, that we are an influence in our world, that we share the gospel in everything that we do and say and are involved in. So that, you know, hopefully will give you the opportunity for God to speak to you individually as well. So I just want to start with some notices. Um, and then we're going to have George and Penny just sharing about the kids uh, after that. Um, so in terms of the notices, uh, just a reminder about the Zoom rules. Um, we, it's just a good idea every so often for us to talk about Zoom, which is um, please don't take any photographs or videos around Zoom um, of, of anybody that's online. And it'd be really good if you are on Zoom that um, you make sure that you put your name in the icon box so that we know who you are. You don't have to put your camera on, but it's just really good for us to know who is in the, the service with us. Um, and the Zoom Meisters will contact you privately just to check who you are if they're not sure who you are so that's just part of our kind of safeguarding guidelines uh, in terms of using zoom and just in terms of sort of safeguarding um uh with safeguarding um we've had a few changes in terms of personnel recently um so i just wanted to say some really important things about the rules for safeguarding um and that is that uh uh, sorry, the key people around safeguarding, that is that uh, the key people to talk to if you are concerned about adults or children is Sharon for children. If you're concerned with anything around concerns about children uh, up to the age of 18 is Sharon Peters. And um, for adults, uh, very kindly, Julia Glass uh, has agreed to be our kind of key person for adults. If we're concerned about anything around adult safeguarding, uh, then uh, uh, Julia Glass will be the person. So those are the two main people to contact, Sharon for children's, Julia for adults. And um, the three trustees who are looking after safeguarding at the moment uh, uh, will be Becky, uh, Becky Ford for children's, and also myself and John Fortnum for adults. Um, so just to kind of give you an idea of who those key people are. Um, Anne Mason is continuing the adults advocate role um, and sort of working alongside. So um, yeah, so we'll, I'll reiterate those in the weekly email tomorrow as well. Um, just a reminder about the next few weeks. Um, there's going to be an all age service next week with George, Penny and John. Cara uh, will be duty VLT and Joe uh, will be playing uh, and singing and leading worship and there will be communion. 
Uh, Mike will be coming on the 11th of April um, to speak to us, our prospective uh, minister. Uh, we are starting uh, St Margaret's on the 11th of April in terms of a restart. Um, we have a church meeting on the 30th March coming up. The agenda went out with email and is also on the hub. Um, Neil Attiwell is actually going through a similar process to me in terms of ministerial recognition process down south. Um, and so we are having a church vote just to support him on his journey. And he'll be speaking a bit about that on the day. Um, if you are having difficulties getting the emails, the OBC emails, a lot are going into spam emails. Um, for some reason, they've just started to, to do something different. I'm going to start posting them on the hub as well. Um, but um, but just let me know and I can always try and send you those individually because sometimes they have attachments on which I can't put on the hub. Um, just in terms of, uh, we're really pleased, as we said last week, that Lorna Green is starting as our administrator. She will start on the 31st of March. She'll be mainly working Wednesdays and Saturdays uh, at, the, at the initial stage. So really pleased about that. Um, I sent out with a weekly email as well, the branching out, um, which uh, Mary and Florrie have put together. It's a really good uh, read, you know, do download it, do have a look at it, do read it. There's a fantastic testimony in there from Dan Richards. You know, it's a really, really lovely read. So please do um, download that and read it. And if you want some paper copies, we've got some at the branch. Um, so just let me know and I could drop them through through your door and uh, through your letterbox. Uh, just a couple of other things. Sorry, there's a lot of notices today. Apologies. Um, the clocks go back next week. So just be aware that uh, it's an hour earlier church next week. So just keep that in mind. And also uh, the last thing I just want to raise is um, we are going to work together with the Friary and St Margaret's to do a family friendly way of the cross. Um, which will be a chance to do a reflective trail around the Friary um, with about 15 different stations. And, um, and <laughs> the, uh, you'll get a chance to go around in household bubbles. It'll take about 45 minutes to go around and reflect on the events of Good Friday by um, sort of walking around and looking at some stations with some words and prayers and things to, to sort of think about and reflect on. We've got about 26 slots for Alton Baptist Church and any of those connected to us. So um, if you can uh, contact George, he will be booking in the slots for us and each church has got a similar amount of slots. So again, I'll put some more information uh, in on the weekly email around that. Um, yes, it is clocks go forward. I know we lose an hour and the clocks go forward. Thank you. Uh, and then Penny just wanted to say something about the um, Easter sort of packages that are going to go to families. Penny, are you there? Can anybody see Penny? Yes. That's it. Sorry, I couldn't unmute myself. I am here. Um, yes, we're putting together some Easter packs um, with um, a craft and a, a Easter trail that you can do as families because of restrictions. We can't really do anything more than that at the moment. But um, so we will be letting families have them. But if anyone else wants one to be able to pass on to a neighbour or a friend, um, then we would love to be able to do that as well. Um, it would be really helpful to know um, if you would like one, just so that we know how many to produce. Um, we'll be sorting it and getting everything this week and doing them the week after. So um, if you could let me know, that would be great. Um, and our challenge is to the families is to take two and to give one away to another family okay thank you 
it's over to Penny and George now for the kids section. <laughs> Thanks, Bernice. Um, so what we thought we'd do today um, is, as you're probably aware, the kids do a different story every week. Uh, and we usually tell you what the story is. Um, and then the kids will show you something to the other story. Um, today we thought we'd make a bit of a game um, where the adults of the church um, and the teenagers as well can try and guess um, what character we're doing about this week. Um, and the children, one at a time, are going to give you five different clues. Um, so if you're a parent or a child and you've received the plan uh, from Penny's email, uh, then please don't put the answer in because that would be cheating. Um, but if you haven't, then feel free to guess. Um, and I believe we're heading over to the Belchers first for our first clue about today's character. This person appeared in the New Testament. In the New Testament. Okay, well, thank you, Belchers. Um, so today's character appeared in the New Testament. Uh, adults, you can start guessing in the chat uh, whenever you think you've got a clue, um, or you might need a couple more clues before you start guessing. Um, I think we're now over to the Bents for our second clue. We have Annie Bent. Uh, yeah. You're on mute at the moment, Annie. This person was a good friend of Jesus. Excellent. Thank you very much, Annie. So this person is in the New Testament and this person was a good friend of Jesus. Um, I'm not seeing any guesses coming yet. It would probably still be a bit early to guess. Uh, Ethan Stiles, you've got clue number three person only appears in John's Gospel in the New Testament. Excellent, thank you Ethan. So this person only appears in John's Gospel. Uh, it's not Elijah, to Neil and Jenny. Um, so this person is in the New Testament. He's a good friend of Jesus um, and he only appears in John's Gospel. Hannah Claridge, I believe you've got clue number four for us. This person has two sisters. Excellent. So this person also has two sisters. Any ideas yet? We've got a guess of Lazarus. We'll just wait and see. Any <laughs> other guesses? Okay, let's go to Akin for clue number five. And hopefully this, this person goes. was raised from the dead. There we go. So this person was raised from the dead. Uh, so to recap for everyone, this person is in the New Testament. Uh, they were a good friend of Jesus. Um, they appear just in John's Gospel. They have two sisters and they were raised from the dead. Uh, so do we have any more guesses? Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm still. laughs> Mia was correct. It was Lazarus. Um, and well done, Styles is as well. And well done to anyone who got that. Uh, so this week's story is Lazarus. Over to you, Penny. Brilliant. Thanks so much, George. Um, we have got one birthday to do, but before we do that, does anybody have anything they want to show and tell, as in any of the children, any adults as well, but particularly any of the children about Lazarus? It is early in the service, so you might not have had a chance to do anything, but just wave it at the screen now if you do. Otherwise, we will go on to our birthday. I'm not seeing anyone. That's fine. So we've got one birthday today and I don't think um, he is on, but it's Sam Plimmer. And Sam Plimmer is going to be nine on Saturday, next Saturday, the 27th of March. And so it'd just be really lovely to pray for him and just remember him this morning. So let's just pray for Sam. 
Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for Sam. And we just pray um, that uh, he will just uh, know your blessing this week, Lord Jesus. He'll have a really great day celebrating yet another lockdown birthday for him. And um, yeah, we just pray that despite that and despite um, not being able to probably do what he would like, he'll just have a really great day and it will be a really special birthday. And we just pray that he will know you and know you're, you are with him every day um, as, uh, as this year goes along. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'm going to hand back to Benice. Uh, Helen, I don't know if Helen's got any photos for us in terms of the Arthur report today. Oh, I have. <laughs> my, my video keeps disappearing, sorry. Um, I should just share my screen. Thank you for sending these through. My computer's broken, so I'm on a, a puffy second-hand one. <laughs> just, just talk about yourselves. Oh, my video's gone again. Crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, but Benice and George, can you see that? So I can see you see that's super um so thank you for sending these through um after our pause last week um so firstly the cordons who I've, I've just seen her here today this is their um, their new house um they're doing social distancing clearly um if um they did say as well that it'd be more than um happy for obc people to go and visit once once people can go and visit so you might get a flood of visitors once we're all allowed out of our houses um, and then this, this is very exciting. Um, Sarah Russell is in um, University in Reading. This is the new Banksy on um, Reading Prison Wall. Which I think has been graffitied as well. Um, and Superhero Day at School for Comic Relief Day for Annie and then a tea party during the week just for fun. So from Kate, this is frog spawn from the pond. That's a lot of frogs. Um, which the Belchers are now looking after, and then two newts who got caught in a net when she was pond cleaning, but they, they were returned to their habitat, so they're all, they're all fine. No newts were harmed in the making of this photo. Um, and then she's uh, nature, nature abundant at Kate's house, um, a, a robin who kept her company while she was doing some gardening. And then we're back to home haircuts. Um, this is Claire's first haircut since uh, May 2020. I can beat that. <laughs> Um, a Bailey, we've had him a year. Um, so on Friday is our Bailey anniversary. So he's been with us a year. We still don't know when Guy Dog's going to take him from us, um, but that's the slight difference in a year in uh, in Bailey. Um, and then from Kate, this is the first time she's been out in ages. Um, some beautiful Mother's Day flowers for for her mum, and also I'm trying to pass on a thank you from her mum. Sorry, Kate, I don't know your mum's name. So Kate's mum, um, for your prayers this week, and she's recovering well from her eye surgery. And then from the Belchers, just another crazy week in the Belcher, in the Belcher world. Um, some fun in the park, slime making. Um, and a project in investigating daffodils with some lovely artwork there from the Belchers. Um, and I think that's it. So as ever, keep sending them to me and I will keep showing them. Thank you very much. Thank you, Helen. Thank you very much. So as I say, we're going to go on to our kind of first section. Um, and all of these are opportunities for you to um, uh, to get involved and to you know hear from God in terms of what He might be speaking to you about. Um, so uh, 
the first section we're going to talk about is there is an opportunity through Agape. Uh, they're running a pilot, which they're hopefully going to uh, run nationally next year, where they're going to invite someone to, uh, well, invite us to invite somebody to watch the Jesus film with them and follow up afterwards. Um, the Jesus film, hopefully most people have heard about this, is uh, has been seen, they estimate around 6.2 uh, billion, uh, I think maybe 62 billion actually, uh, people worldwide, more than that actually, uh, because about 200 million have indicated they've come to faith through the Jesus film. I mean, that's incredible. 200 million people come to faith through the Jesus film over the last 40 years around the world. And the film that they are showing this uh, this time is is a kind of updated 2019 uh, Jesus film, and that's been seen. They estimate by 174 million people around the world, uh, and translated into 1,800 different languages. So it just is amazing how this film has shown people the life of Jesus, and and that people's lives have been transformed by it. So the suggestion is they're going to be um, sharing this uh, Jesus film through YouTube uh, on Saturday, the 27th of March at Harbour 7. And the in invitation is to pray about somebody to invite, to invite them to watch it and to watch it, obviously, with them in your own, uh, obviously, individual homes. The film is also, as well as being in English, it has been translated, um, particularly this particular sort of one hour version into Punjabi and Farsi. Um, to watch it, uh, hopefully together, as I say, in your own homes on the 27th of March uh, uh, on YouTube at 7.30. It will be available for 24 hours following that. Um, so uh, there is the option that if people, you know, were working or they couldn't do it, that, that, that it is available for 24 hours off after. And that there is a, you know, you do follow up with that person as to what they thought about it. And here's some suggested invites. So um, just on that, yeah. You know, I would like you to invite you to see a film that's been watched by people, more people than any other film in history. It's a 60 minute introduction to Jesus and all about him. Would you be interested in seeing it? And we are we are watching it as well. Um, just in terms of age, um, I went back to Tony and um, he recommended sort of probably a PG sort of uh, probably ch children over eight in terms of the film. Um, so that's their sort of recommendation around it. Um, and then just in terms of follow up questions. So once people have seen it, you know, just having the chance to sort of say to people either sort of, you know, obviously through messaging or phone calls or whatever. Did you get a chance to watch it? What did you think? Was there anything that surprised you or anything that stuck out from the film? Um, and so just, you know, having that ability to follow up uh, around the film as well. Um, and there are some suggested follow up sort of questions for it. Yeah, thanks, Mia. I will send the link around for the YouTube channel um, in the uh, weekly email tomorrow, and I'll put it on the hub as well. So there will be a link that you can then share. And also, I'm going to put a link on our Facebook page so you can easily share the post on the Facebook page from the Facebook page as well. So we'll try and make it as easy as you can to either share it through social media or individually, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, in person as well. So I think it's a great opportunity to um, share something that as I say, has transformed, you know, millions of people around the globe. And I've got a, a colleague at work, at Solio Council work, who um, 
wouldn't go to church, but would always say, I really love Easter films. I love films about Jesus at Easter. So, you know, I just wonder whether this is an opportunity for uh, people who don't know anything about Jesus and the story of Jesus and never have had that in their lives um, to, to find out more. So I just would like to um, just have a moment of quiet. And just as you pray and seek God in this moment, I pray that he would just reveal somebody, maybe one or two people that you could invite uh, uh, to, to watch this Jesus film. And then Cara's gonna pray, uh, kind of just following that moment of quiet. And then Neil's gonna sing and worship um, and just allow perhaps that, you know, um, God to speak to us in the midst of who we might want to think about inviting. So just in this moment of quiet, um, just think about and, and just see who might come to your mind in terms of somebody that you could invite. Lord, we, um, we just want to thank you for this opportunity to invite others to hear about you. We ask um, that you place a name on our heart, Lord, and you prompt us to invite them. Give us the confidence to be bold for your glory. And Lord, we ask that you already work in the hearts of those we're asking to invite and you enable those opportunities for further conversations. Jesus, we thank you for the blessing that others have been in our lives as we came to know more about you. We ask for your help to be a blessing to those that we know, and we ask for your spirit to guide us in our conversations about who you are and the good news that you bring. Lord, we just ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing Reckless Love. Of course you can join in. Thanks, Les. Before I spoke a word Before I spoke a word You were singing over me been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me. And all the Don't deserve it Still you give yourself away All the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless 
When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You've been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the nine and nine. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it till you give yourself away. All the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Thank you, Neil. I got so excited talking about the film that I forgot that we are going to show you a one minute clip of the film. <laughs> so <laughs> apologies for that. And Paul reminded me um, that I hadn't shown it. So Les and Mark, I think we're just going to show a one minute clip just so you get a feel for what the film looks like. And um, yeah, do do keep praying about who you can invite. So let's just show this one minute clip. The, the change that Jesus makes in people's lives. So, um, yeah, do do think about who you can invite. So the next section we're going to look on to and go on to, which we, as I say, I think it's very much part of an ongoing conversation that we hopefully will have 
over the next uh, few months is around racial justice. And myself and Sharon went to a um, symposium that was held by HEBA, the Heart of England Baptist Association, who is our um, kind of Baptist regional association. Um, and the uh, symposium was on Tuesday. It was led, it was a sort of day's conference for leadership teams and ministers across the Midlands. It was led by somebody called Anthony Reddy, who is a black theologian who actually lives in Moseley in Birmingham. So I'm going to hopefully see if he'll come and speak to us at some point because he was very, very good. Um, and he spoke about racial injustice for the day. He spoke about three different sections, one on sameness and difference, one on deconstructing whiteness and one on race and racial justice. But he very much peppered his thinking with lots of <laughs> practical examples of um, what difference it makes um, when you think differently, I guess, about racial justice. And um, one of the things that really powerfully spoke to me was Anthony reflected on that his mum came over to Jamaica, I'm not quite sure when, but it probably would have been around 40 years ago, maybe 40, 50 years ago. And she came here to live in the Midlands from Jamaica and two churches that she went to um, said they didn't want her to attend because she was black. And you just can't believe that that happened, but, but we can believe that happened as well. Um, and he reflected on the fact that in Jamaica, she would speak at a local Baptist church without notes because she was you know, very fluent in the Bible. And, uh, but here, her gifts were never recognized and she never held any roles within a church. Um, so very much there were some personal examples that he used, um, not just about obviously his family, but about himself as well. And he was very humble and very honest about uh, about that. Um, but a couple of things that struck me and Sharon was also came and, and attended and she's going to speak a little bit after I was, I've just highlighted a couple of points. Um, one was that talking to people enables a chance for us to hear and listen to how people are feeling and also the chance to become more aware of any unconscious bias that we might have. I've really enjoyed talking this week to my friend at work who is from South Africa and mixed race and hearing about her experiences, having been brought up until she was about 16 in South Africa, but then living here, um, married to a white uh, husband, but also having a mixed race child and, you know, what all of that means to her. Um, and it's just been really good to talk about that. I think relationship is key, and that's Anthony talked about this on Tuesday. If we know and trust people that we talk to, if sometimes people get things wrong, then hopefully there's a recognition that we're all learning together and that to create safe spaces for people to share honest conversations and learn more about each other is good. And also that allyship is good as well. So to be brothers and sisters um, and, and sort of, you know, be our brothers and sisters keeper in the sharing of the gospel. If one person is in pain, we should all feel that. Um, and also in everything that we do to ask ourselves who benefits and who doesn't and what can we do about that? Sharon, do you want to just say? Yes, thank you, Bernice. I mean, like Bernice, I found it a very positive, helpful uh, symposium. And, and I mean, Bernice has very nicely covered a lot of the things that I asked, also found helpful. It's so easy to feel uncomfortable when talking about racism, but the symposium left me wanting to learn how to be better at non-defensive listening. I kept thinking about last Sunday when Becky prayed for everyone to feel at home in our church. And that's my prayer too. But if you have to keep a significant part of your life hidden, then it's difficult to feel at home. 
And the uncomfortable truth is that black and Asian people live with racism and racial injustice as an everyday part of their life through being stereotyped, disadvantaged, treated differently because of the color of, that, of their skin. That makes me feel uncomfortable. I want to minimalize it, distance myself, say that's not me, but me getting defensive and personalizing it is not helpful on any level. It shuts down conversation, meaning that my black and Asian friends then feel unable to talk to me freely. So I'm committing to learning to intentionally open up conversations about racism and to be a good listener. I can't solve this. I can't take all the responsibility on my shoulders, but chatting to Claudine and others, I can see they don't want me to be defensive. They tell me, just like the rest of us, that black and Asian people would like the space to tell their story, to be completely themselves and not to have to keep a part of their life hidden. Non-defensive listening is a beautiful thing. If we can learn to share this gift with our black and Asian friends, we will all benefit. Not only will we get to know our friends better to value diversity, but we will be better at learning to listen non-defensively in lots of other areas too, to understand each other more deeply and more authentically, and to make our church feel like home to so many more people. So that's kind of what I got from it. I think Denise is going to share um, a film and a charter from that day. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, lovely. So one of the things that uh, was brought up on the day and I'd seen just before the day is that there is a charter that's been put together by Birmingham churches, um, which, you know, people can sign up to. Um, and lots of churches that kind of I'm familiar with in Birmingham, Gas Street, the Bishop of Birmingham, Oasis, Vineyard, Riverside, Salvation Army, Steve Bamington, Chaplaincy Plus, Heber have all signed up to it. And um, I just think it's a good, we, we talked about it on the day, you know, it's, it's something that even though it's been badged as time for change building in churches, I think it's a good thing that all churches could um, look at and sign up to. So there's a little video that um, we're going to show you just to introduce the, the charter. Um, and then I'm going to go through the points on the PowerPoint after that. So if we can have a look at the, the charter uh, video, which just introduces it. And there are several people who are leaders, I think, of Birmingham churches speaking about uh, the difference that hopefully this charter will make. Thanks, Liz. The worldwide reaction to the murder of George Floyd cries out for the voice of the church to be heard in response. The church must demonstrate the heart of God and pronounce the voice of God in this season. The Lord Jesus Christ prayed that we would be one as the Father and Son are one. One church. His prayer was a statement of unity, harmony, and oneness of heart and action together requiring his followers to demonstrate the love of God to a broken world one love one voice God is dealing with the sins of racism which have brought division to the body of Christ justice must flow and righteousness like a never 
unending scream. The Holy Spirit is shouting to the church and through the church to the nation, demanding harmony, equality, and oneness. God yearns for justice like water and righteousness like a never-ending stream. Christians have accepted and allowed the status quo to exist for far too long. It is time for change. Wherever the evil of institutional racism exists, it must be identified, challenged and eradicated. Our voices together and our message to the world is that we as the church will respond with love to the issues of racism and injustice. We have a vision to reform racial imbalances everywhere. As church, let us reflect deeply and respond appropriately to the issues of racism, injustice and privilege which are sometimes enjoyed at the expense of others. This matters. Black lives matter. Black. African. Asian. White. We have one voice, a conversation that leads to action. When God looks at his church, his family, he sees one body, his people. We are all one in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are his people. We are all one in Jesus Christ our Lord. send around a link for that video because there's quite a lot in it and so you might want to to sort of watch that again and again I'll send that round with the charter um, with my email tomorrow but the 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 charter takes as its sort of um inspiration two kind of key verses all of them will be one so that they may be brought to complete unity from John 17 and a new commandment I give you love one another as I have loved you from John 13. So um, there, there, there are about 15 points on the charter. Um, and um, what I'm just going to do today is introduce that to you. And then, you know, it'd be good to come back to this and see whether we feel that we can sign up to this together. and want that to be a you know, a very much a, an agreed kind of response to this. But I just wanted to sort of introduce it today. So it talks about that um, uh, we, the churches, um, are, acknowledge the issue of injustice. We commit to challenge racism confidently. We commit to an honest and open look at ourselves and where we are in relation to this issue. We will pray, actively encouraging prayer. We repent we are, if, where we have caused or ignored hurt and we pray for a deep healing in our city. Next slide, please, thank you. We will engage in conversations, creating spaces for honest, open and frank dialogue. We commit to relationship building with churches and city leaders modeling um, relationships across the city. We will bridge the knowledge gap, building a shared understanding of what it is to be black or of other ethnicity in Birmingham today. Birmingham or Solihull, obviously, wherever we're living. 
We aim for truth, reconciliation and healing through open discussions across the city. We will advocate using our influence and understanding to speak up for racial equality and equity in the church. And then the last slide, I think. Next slide, yeah. We will build and strengthen representative leadership, um, creating systems and processes that encourage that. We will take practical action, developing short, medium and long-term plans to equip the wider church. We will equip and engage the wider church with material on theology and principles around justice, equity and equality, testimonies and events. We will ensure that that is very clearly rooted in Jesus, the word of God and inspired by the spirit. We will communicate and dialogue regularly and clearly in an engaging and accessible way. And we commit to being a welcoming city, a super diverse community where all peoples, whatever their background or ethnicity, see that God's people will always provide a home, a community and a generous welcome. We commit to strengthening unity and harmony across the city that we might just that we might be one just as the father and son are one. So, you know, I, I think there are some brilliant things to, to kind of sign up to there. And also that, you know, I think very much they would say it's about committing to grow and develop in these things. You know, my guess is nobody is perfect in all these things. No church is perfect. But if there's a commitment there to grow and develop in those things. So we'll come back to this. The leadership will look at this and we'll bring it to uh, probably a future church meeting or something like that, where we can just talk about it and think about how we can sign up to that. There is um, just a couple of things. There is a monthly prayer meeting um, and there are more information about the dates on the Facebook page. So you can follow Time for Change on Facebook. Uh, there's a Facebook group and they have a monthly prayer meeting um, and you can um, join that prayer meeting. So that's a very practical thing we can do to commit to pray. Uh, we will continue to, to um, talk as a leadership team and we'd love to do more on, you know, on this subject. So, you know, we're, we're having ongoing conversations about that. But it'd be really good just to pray now. And Sharon and Claudine are going to lead us in prayer now. I think Claudine's going to start. Yeah. Good morning, church. Um, I'm going to pray uh, about racial injustice in the church. Father God, we know there is no place for injustice in the church. God, in the beginning, you created all of us equal and in your likeness. This is the blueprint for your church. There is no place for injustice in your church. Father God, may every church examine its processes to ensure that it it does not arbor or encourage such practices. Let every member of the church examine or search his or her heart and clear out any vestige of racial or cultural intolerance. Racial bias is an injustice and Father God, in the words of the late Martin Luther King, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Father God, let the church examine itself for any vestige of unconscious bias and seek to clean out its practices. For you, O oh God, look for a clean heart, a clean church, 
for which to dwell within. Oh, Father God, let us confess our biases and fast and repent on our prejudices. Let us write these on the tablets of our hearts and bind them around our necks, Father God. Let no hypocrite be found in your church. Father God, let us as a church not be found broadening our phylacteries and enlarging the borders of our garments, as in Matthew 23, verse 5. Father God, in your word it is written, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our might. There are no half measures, no lukewarm efforts. Father God, may your church seek to be a mighty ally and rise up, shielded by your full impenetrable armour against all injustice, racial or other. Let the church be a mighty beacon for all to come to and within it find a refuge and safety against the vagaries of the, of the world. Where we know the wicked one reigns, seeking to steal, deceive and destroy. Father God, we know that you bless the obedient church. Let us seek to have a right heart condition. Father God, we pray for liberated minds within our church. Let us build a firm foundation on which your church can grow. In the same way that we value your church, Father God, let it be shown in the way that we value each member of the congregation. No matter what denomination, color or creed, Father God, I pray this prayer in, in your mercy and with your grace. And in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour and King. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Father God, I just want to echo those words of Claudine. There is no place for injustice in your church. Father God, thank you for those that have gone before us in doing the thinking around the Charter. As we seek for the focus to be more about you, Lord Jesus, and less about us, give us the humility to acknowledge the issue of racial injustice and its systemic and institutional nature, the courage to challenge racism, the humility to be honest about ourselves and our church and where we are in relation to the issue of racial injustice. We are sorry for the times when we have knowingly or unknowingly caused hurt and we pray for healing. Help us to engage non-defensively in conversation, building stronger relationships and a shared understanding of what it is like to be black or of other ethnicity in the places we inhabit. We pray for our leadership as they facilitate the recognition and celebration of diversity. We pray that through the prompting of your spirit, that we would be willing to change in order to enable all to feel at home in our church. Lord Jesus, 
enable us to become the church you long for us to be. Amen. 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 Thank you ever so much, Sharon and Claudine, for those beautiful prayers. And as I say, we will keep com you know talking about this. So um, thank you, Neil. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a dream from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born precious blood of Jesus Christ Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, what a Savior! Isn't he wonderful? cross as you wait for the crown tell the world of the treasure you found thank you neil so the last section we're going to look at today is um faith and politics and uh, we had andy flanagan come and speak to us um, and we're just going to show uh, one of the other Christian politics videos uh, from their website. Andy showed one of them. And uh, this one's on Jesus and his place in the world and his place connected to politics. So we're going to watch that. And then I'll just tell you a little bit about how to get involved in this section. 
Kingslayers. A group of spies once tried to trap Jesus, asking, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? In other words, are you a revolutionary, opposed to Roman rule, or are you a compromiser, supporting Roman rule? He refuses to be tricked into giving a simplistic answer, and instead asks for a coin, asks his own question, and then famously declares, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God's. Now, we hear those words with our Western mindsets and think, ah, easy, let Caesar look after all the practical, logistical, political stuff, and let God and his people get on with all the spiritual stuff. The Sunday morning stuff, prayers, hymns, invisible things, that's God's turf. Taxation, roads, healthcare, that's Caesar's turf. How convenient to have that separation. None of that awkward mixing of religion and politics. But for those listening to Jesus in the first century, there's not a chance they would have heard Jesus' statement that way. For the Hebrews, body, soul and spirit were not separate entities. Life was one. For example, the temple wasn't just the place where you worshipped. It was a civic centre looking after many aspects of communal life. For the Hebrews, their religious leaders were also their political leaders. So when we talk about what is God's and what is Caesar's, we're not talking about two separate realms where God has jurisdiction in the sacred and Caesar has jurisdiction in the secular. It's not like this. It's more like this. Caesar has a small delegated area of authority within the context of God's overall authority. He is the supreme creator who is reconciling all things in heaven and earth to himself. Jesus reiterated this when he told Pilate that he would have no authority unless it had been given you from above. Note that he doesn't dispute that Pilate has real authority, but he reminds him where it comes from. So God has an opinion on everything, including taxes, because he is in authority over all of it. As the ex-Dutch Prime Minister and theologian Abraham Kuyper said, there is not one square inch of creation over which the Lord Christ does not cry, it is mine. Les. So following up from uh, kind of that kind of start of thinking about, you know, how we can look at politics in the world and it isn't a separate thing. It's actually part of our uh, kind of faith journey. It's part of who we are in, in Christ and sharing the gospel. Um, uh, just the three of us met to think about some ideas of what this could look like. Um, and we just had an initial sort of meeting and we very much felt that, you know, kind of meeting together, that we would want to look at the influence of Jesus and justice in our communities and neighbourhoods um, across political divides. And that, you know, it might be good to convene a group um, which even could go across churches, uh, across sort of solid hull that might want to meet who have got people who are invested and passionate about this area of work. And so one of the ideas that we had was that on the um, JPIT website, um, uh, which is a, a collaboration between the Methodists, uh, Baptists and URC, I think, working together around issues of justice, there is a Faith in Politics podcast. Um, and they have a weekly podcast of about 40 minutes, which is a bit like a radio program but on the, on the, on the uh, internet. 
Um, and the first one of this season, they've been going for four seasons, but the first one this season was an interview with Shane Claiborne, who's the co-founder of The Simple Way and author of Red Letter Christians. Um, and he's based in America. And I just I listened to it um, this week and I just thought it was a, a really, really good um, kind of uh, way of thinking about, you know, uh, he was particularly looking at kind of how we can be politically engaged, but nonpartisan Christians in the political sphere. But it just really made me think about justice in the world. So he, he talks about red letter Christians because they follow the Bibles that were produced where the, the, um, the letters of Jesus, the, the things that Jesus said were in red letters. And so very much, you know, really following what Jesus was saying and he was talking about the fact that we should love our neighbours as ourselves that we should concern ourselves with the policies that affect their lives and that the gospel is important it shouldn't be an escape from this world but it should be about transforming this world he talked about the American context particularly a hundred people every day lose their lives due to guns a hundred people every day lose their lives due to guns and he talks about the fact that around the world, 80 wealthy billionaires own as much as the half of the world's population. 80 million, sorry, yeah, sorry, 80 wealthy, so 80 people who are billionaires own as much as half of the world's population. And, you know, it 